This is Industry Matters, powered by VGM, a post-acute healthcare podcast about community, connections, and belonging. VGM is a member service organization serving durable and home medical equipment providers and manufacturers. VGM also has communities for respiratory, complex rehab, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, therapy, and orthotics and prosthetics profession. With VGM, you're part of something bigger. On today's episode of Industry Matters, OPGA President Todd Egan talks with Dr. Kenton Kaufman of the Mayo Clinic about the Limb Loss and Preservation Registry. They discuss the importance of the outcomes programs in providing evidence-based care in the ONP profession. My name is Todd Egan. I am joined today by Dr. Kenton Kaufman, and we're going to spend some time talking about the Limb Loss and Preservation Registry. Ken, first of all, thank you for joining us today. Can you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your background? Todd, it's a privilege to be with you today. I'm excited to share some information about the Limb Loss and Preservation Registry with your audience. My background is uh, engineering. I have a bachelor's, master's, and a PhD in engineering. I've been uh, in the field of biomechanics and engineering for now almost 40 years. And I've been at the Mayo Clinic for the last 25 years. Excellent. So the ONP community, Dr. Kaufman, has heard about the limb loss and preservation registry for two or three years now. I know it's been a ongoing project and, and passion of yours. Can you tell us what exactly the registry is? Yes, the uh, Limb Loss and Preservation Registry is an organized system which is designed to collect critical data and make that available to hospitals, to clinics, to providers, to patients, to scientists, to manufacturers, payers, and other policymakers. The, the objective is to bring together a data set to standardize, measure, and report patient outcome data that will provide evidence-based decision-making um, for improving the care of individuals with limb loss and limb preservation. Excellent. So what was the impetus or, or why was this project created? How did it incubate? How did it get up and running? And, and more importantly, why is it necessary for the OMP profession? So first of all, there, there is no source of national data that provides information on limb loss in the United States. There are some figures that are frequently quoted. Uh, for example, there are 2.2 million Americans living with limb loss, and there's about 50 people, 500 people each day losing a limb. That data is um, based on some projections of a data that was gathered in the, in the 1990s. So there is no accurate data that uh, we currently have. And this lack of data for this specific population of individuals with physical disability hampers the uh, treatment and rehabilitation efforts for these individuals. The Limb Loss and Preservation Registry is designed to gather this data 
um, and make it available so that uh, we can do the community, the profession can do a better job of providing care for individuals with limb loss and limb difference. This is important for your audience because clinicians are expected to support their decisions using, using evidence-based data. But much of the evidence that's used is either anecdotal, uh, opinion, or undocumented. And so this lack of objective scientific evidence to support clinical decision-making doesn't necessarily allow us to get the best outcomes for the patients that we want to serve. Let's get into the weeds a, a little bit here, if you don't mind. Can you explain exactly how the registry actually works and how can or will the data be utilized? Yes. So the uh, the goal of the registry is to, to bring together three sources of data. Data from hospitals regarding uh, the amputations, data from the providers regarding the care that the individual receives, and then the outcome of the patients that are receiving that care. It's important to bring these sources of data together because the evidence that we have shows that only about 25 to 30% of an individual with a lower limb amputation actually receives a prosthesis. This is uh, based on uh, some the work that we did. It's based on work that the Veterans Administration has done. And there's a, another study out of Scotland that basically come to the same conclusion. Just getting data on patients that are being seen by prosthetists just gives us a part of the information, but we need to know who's had an amputation and if they've received uh, prosthetic care, and then we needed to know their outcomes. So this is, we're trying to uh, bring in data from three different sources. In order to do that, um, we have created the uh, Limb Loss and Preservation Registry to integrate data from those three sources and then be able to look at uh, the outcomes, whether the individual received a prosthesis or not, and whether they received care from a, from a prosthetic office or whether they're printing a prosthesis in their garage. And so it's very important that we get all this data so that we can start to look at uh, the outcomes from these different possibilities of care and look at data both nationally and regionally. That definitely makes sense. So anytime we talk about data these days, we have to talk about security. Can you please address the security of, of a participant's data and, and within the system? At this point in time, we have a contract from the federal government, so we're expected to, or we're required to re achieve very high security standards. As I said, we're going to bring in data from, from different sources, and we need to be able to link that data together. So we need some identifiers uh, so that we can sh make sure that Jane Doe from the hospital is the same Jane Doe that was seen in the process office, and it's the same Jane Doe that um, is providing us uh, their outcome data. Once we link that information together, the data is de-identified, and uh, we only share de-identified data to anybody. Um, if a prosthetist group wants to join, and we, we sincerely hope that they do, they will be able to see their data as, un un as identified data because it's their patients. But they can only compare their data to other unidentified data, so we protect the security 
and the privacy of everybody that's participating. So with the uh, the requirements from the federal government, um, my guess is, or my assumption is, it's at the highest level of security, the process is at the highest level of security possible. Is that correct? It, it is. It's actually... Uh more secure than the data that's housed on uh, anybody's individual servers. And that's why it took so long um, to to get to the point where we could actually say we're, we're open for business is because uh, we had about 300 security controls that we had to meet. Very good. Uh, thank you. Most clinicians, for the most part, already feel compressed with their daily schedules with patients and, and dictation and and other other things, they just they feel that there's not enough already, not enough time in, in their day. How much time is it anticipated that this will will add to a practitioner's daily schedule? That's a really important question, and we get asked this question a lot. It will take no more time to participate in the registry than you currently use to provide patient care. We are working with the uh, O&P EHR providers, vendors, to bring in the data that you let, that the prosthetist already is um, collecting to get paid. So we're getting it. We're bringing in data that you've the the prosthetist has already generated, and we're bringing that data together to try and answer the questions that people will have. So we're not creating extra work for the prosthetist during their daily routine. We're simply gathering the data that is being that's being generated in the normal daily functions of a of a clinic. And you said the the EHR vendors such as Nimble Systems and OP and OP Solutions they're all participating in this. Yes, we've uh, talked to each of those vendors. We've given them the same request for the data, and they have all uh, said that they will be willing to participate. And so we're now actively working on the, uh, the linkage between the vendor and the registry so the data can be passed uh, to the registry. So this will be uh, transparent to the participants. What uh, we do need to have a uh, participation agreement signed. This is a document uh, to protect everybody, to tell uh, how the data will be used, how it will be protected, and the, uh, the indemnity that exists to protect everybody uh, in participating in the registry. Very good. Is there a cost to a individual clinician or an individual O&P practice to participate? Right now, there is no cost. The costs are borne by the uh, federal uh, contract that we have. Uh, In the future, there will be a subscription cost uh, to cover the costs of of running the operation. Uh, We are currently meeting with uh, focus groups to uh, determine what those costs would be that everybody feels will be reasonable and manageable for the uh, for the practices. That does make sense. Well, well, Dr. Kaufman, all this sounds absolutely great. I congratulate you and 
and your team for all the hard work you've you've done over the last three years uh, getting this ready. This could have a unprecedented positive impact on the entire O&P profession. Uh, I know OPGA has been a supporter of your efforts um, since the very beginning, and we will certainly continue to do so. And I encourage all OPGA members to participate, and I'm sure that there will be a bunch of them that are ready to go right now. So how do I join up and start submitting data? So there is a participation agreement. We have had uh, several practices join already. That agreement is a document, as I said, that d- describes how the data is collected, how it's, uh, you know, how it's used, how it's protected, and um, it, everything that the person needs to know with regards to participating. Once we get a signed copy of, from a facility, then we can tell uh, their O&P EHR vendor to start passing data to us. So the, the, the process is pretty simple. Um, Todd, I believe I've sent you the participation agreement. Uh, if you'd be willing just to share it with, with your, uh, your members. And uh, then uh, there's an email that can be contacted and we can, we can uh, get on with the, uh, the signing of the participation agreement. We also have a website, it's LLPR. And then the R is the first word of registry, so it's L-L-P-R-E-G-I-S-T-R-Y dot O-R-G. And there's a link there also to uh, to say if you want to want to participate. So there's a couple of ways to to join. As I said, we, we've been uh, open since uh, the 1st of March. I'm happy to report that we have, uh, at this point, 35,000 patients ready in the registry. And we wow. have about 7 million episodes of care. So this kind of data is going to be extremely powerful. And I hope that all of your uh, participants will, or all your members will join. 35,000 patient records are already, that's that's very impressive. Very impressive. But Well, Ken, thank you so much. And I, I will add this uh, to the audience. There is information on the limb loss and preservation registry on the OPGA website, which is www.opga.com. And within that information on the site, there is a quick form that people can fill out and OPGA will connect you with someone from Dr. Kaufman's team to, to fill out the participation agreement and get get things uh, up and running for that practice. So, Ken, uh, any any last comments? I appreciate the time that uh, you've taken to uh, create this podcast, and um, I'm excited to uh, see where this uh, goes in the near future, and then in the, in the uh, maybe uh, further on, because I think this is the kind of data that that is needed uh, to provide support for the decisions that are made to provide the best care possible. Excellent. Well, again, Dr. Coffin, thank you and your team for your work and for bringing this uh, tool to the OMP community. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I know there's a lot of interest and uh, people are aware of the, 
incredibly positive impact this could have in many areas, but most importantly in treatment decisions and uh, striving for the best possible outcome for the patients that, that, that the community serves. So thank you again, Ken. Go get signed up, practitioners. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Industry Matters. Make sure you never miss an episode by visiting bgm.com slash industry matters podcast or following Industry Matters on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Stitcher.